Viktor Frankl said, Everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms. To choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's way. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson. Stay tuned for the next hour as Sue explores the human psyche, what makes us tick and how to live better, more fulfilled and more meaningful lives. Only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson on the Finding Human program and my guests today are, are Roz Basarabi and Marcel Pincus. And we are dedicating today's program to Dennis, Roz's beloved husband, who passed away in 2021. And uh, Roz, actually, one of the things she says that she that he lives on in the many breaths that she takes, in so many of the breaths. So we would like to dedicate this program to Dennis. Our topic today is search for the light. And Rumi says, if everything around you seems dark, look again, you may be the light. I have just spent the last quarter of an hour talking to Marcel Pincus and to Roz Basarobi, and quite honestly, that quote of Rumi is absolutely true. They are the light. They have come through darkness, both of them, and they are sharing their light. It's absolutely, you know, we we walked upstairs, all of us, a, a couple of flights of stairs because of load shedding, but the load shedding has nothing that it cannot possibly actually stay in the dark with these two women around. <laughs> so well, <laughs> welcome, Marcel, and welcome, Roz. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Sue. Um, I would like to just tell you a little bit about Marcel. She's been telling me some uh, about her, her background, but uh, she's been teaching and adjudicating for approximately 55 years. And according to her, she teaches drama through English and English through drama. And I love that thought, Marcel, that, you know, drama through English. My father was a, um, a scholar, a Shakespeare scholar, and he would love that, the drama in English. And she's been a facilitator at the Crawford Preparatory Schools. She's run many workshops in Valcom, Maputo, Manchester, in England, New Zealand, and throughout South Africa. She's also very well known for a book that she co-authored with Beryl Lutheran, uh, The English Handbook and Study Guides, which has done incredibly well. How many people do you say has have now read it, Marcel? I wouldn't know the exact number, but I think in South Africa, maybe one million children, and definitely internationally, it was a dream come true. It was a thank you. That's fantastic. To Hashem. Thank you. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson. Only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson on the Finding Human program, and my guests today are Roz Basarabi and Marcel Pincus. Now, I have sort of introduced Marcel. We'll go on shortly with that, but I want to also introduce Roz. Roz is, was uh, used to be with um, the, on the Culture Vulture program on High FM, and as she walked in today, and everyone saw her, they were so <laughs> excited to see her. She was offered coffee immediately. <laughs> I wasn't offered coffee, Roz, <laughs> and uh, she is an inspirational speaker, a motivational speaker, and she's a writer. And Roz. 
I said that we're dedicating this program to your husband. But I want to ask you something. How do you actually manage to to live on with this this sense of breathing? You're breathing in Dennis's love all the time, but you are breathing out your love as well and surrounding people with love. How do you do that? You know, Sue, it's an incredible question because at the end of the day, if you have a natural, totally imbued love of life, an ability to see a big picture of what life is all about, you can perspect in a very different way. And it's an interesting thing because albeit that I lost this partner of mine who I truly believed would reach 50 years and more with me, um, I recognized that once he had gone, his purpose had been probably fulfilled and mine hadn't. And therefore, while I am still alive, because I could quite easily have gone with him on the Vespa that morning and he just didn't want me to come. He didn't. It was not like him. No. I normally went on a Sunday morning with him on these breakfast runs. And it so happened that um, he was very adamant, even as far as the Saturday, when I spoke about what we would do on Sunday, he said he's going on the run and he's going on his own. So for whatever reason that may have been, I put it down to the fact that possibly he just wanted to be with the guys and he didn't want me chattering away and being <laughs> any form of <laughs> interference. But it so happened I remain. And while I'm here and while I have every breath that I take, I'm platformed forward by the knowledge that most of my marriage was a very happy place. There were many acrimonious, ugly times. But you tend to find that when you've lost somebody so dear, the most important memories are the good ones. Isn't that wonderful? It is so incredible how that works. It really, really does that you, you calculate everything. And, you know, when I cannot sleep at night sometimes, I have perhaps thinking... One of the things that pushes me to sleep is not counting sheep. I go through all the wonderful experiences we had together, and I see them in technicolor. Mm. I am not joking. It is as if they were actually on a movie in my eyes. And as I'm thinking, I fall asleep because they're beautiful memories. That's wonderful. And and with that, I believe I still have a purpose. I believe you said something about light. I believe everybody has light, and some of them just don't realize it. Mm. And we have to unearth that light. We have to. Marcel does it now with children. I do it with everybody I meet. I try, no matter even, even if it's a stranger. I just love the human condition. And if I can do that, and I'm still supposed to be doing it in whichever way I try, then Hashem's purpose for me is here. And when he wants to take me away, it means that my job has been done. And who knows, am I going to come back in some other form? And what am I going to come back as and who? But whatever happens, thank goodness for my strong value system, my beautiful, wonderful sense of having been literally embraced by a life, even though there were many tragedies and stories, the major part of my life has been 
joyful, Wonderful. has been magical. And mm. I think the older I get, the more I see the good stuff. That's fantastic. And, you know, you you actually contacted me about Marcel and the play that she's putting on, and I know that you're going to be singing in it as well. And I see a message has just come through from Carol Kruger. Morning, Sue. I remember Marcel very well. Marcel taught my daughter Dominique speech and drama while she was at Ravonia Primary and then at Marcel's home later on. Great memories from Carol. That's wonderful. Thanks so much, Carol, for letting us know. Do you remember that? I love it. I love it. And I remember Dominique so well. Oh, that's wonderful. Marcel, um, Ros contacted me and, uh, you know, hearing your story and, and Ros and knowing that Ros's, the losses that Ros has had in her life with the, her house burning to the ground in 2006, I think it was. Yes. Um, you know, those sort of un, unusual, dreadful losses. Um, you are putting on a play at the moment and it's, uh, it's actually a play on your life and it's called, um, I'm just trying to remember what it was called. What, what if nobody comes? What if nobody comes? <laughs> yes. Now why did you choose that name? What well, if nobody comes? Actually, mm. I wrote the play for fun and my late colleague said to me, you know what? You're always taking children to perform in Grahamstown. Why don't you do your play? All you need is four children to be in it, a musician and the band. We could do it. And I said, oh, you must be joking. He said, no, I'm not joking. (laughs) So I said, well, I'll tell you what we'll do. Let's choose the smallest venue we can find. And what if nobody comes? (laughs) He said, (laughs) and he said, there you are. You've got a name. And we called it What's If Nobody Comes. And we did four performances in Grahamstown. Mm-hmm. We got standing ovations. Right. And then we took it to Johannesburg. We had some confidence. And we took it to the Theatre on the Square, Mick Daphne. We did it in Durban. We did it in Pretoria. And this time I decided... I have the finances to do a lot of charity shows with this. And I love my team. Tula is, Tula Eckhart is my musical director and Danny Davis is my choreographer. And we're going to get back to that shortly. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. This is Sue Jackson on the Finding Human program, and I'm back with Roz Basarabi and Marcel Pinchas. Marcel, you were talking about your play, What If Nobody Comes. I love that name. And it's it's starting at On the Square this Sunday. On the fourth, yes. This coming Sunday. This Sunday. Mm-hmm. And what made you decide that you wanted to do this all for charity? I feel that the thing in my life I feel very strongly about is touch a life and make a difference. Everyone can touch somebody's life. So I have written the book called Touch a Life and Make a Difference, a tribute to my beautiful husband. We haven't, we haven't published it yet, but it has all the stories in it from good to bad and otherwise. 
And I felt that if I could give a message to everyone via the play, it would be a little thing in my life that I would like to do. Everyone is entitled to have their success. And everybody is entitled to touch a life and make that difference and share the success they can have. That's amazing. How old are you? Can I ask you that on air? Yeah, sure. I'm 84. I'm going to be 85 <laughs> on the 24th of November, 2023. And I'd like to tell you a short story about Marcel that she's just told uh, Roz and I. Um, when she was 10, Israel was declared a state. And um, she decided she was living in warm baths at the time. in Rust- We were on holiday. Oh, you were on holiday, okay. And she went around and she decided, she was 10 years old, and she was decided to put on a play. Tell us about that, please. Yes. Well, I decided that I didn't know much about Israel, but I wanted to give money. I didn't have money. So I went from hotel to hotel. <laughs> I knocked on every door and said, excuse me. Can you sing? Can you dance? Can you act? <laughs> right. I'd like your name. You are performing tomorrow night at the residential hotel. I went back to Gloria Ritstein, who owned it, told her that I'd like the veranda the following night because <laughs> we were going to have a lot of people coming to the show. She said, I'll make it one better. I'll make coffee, tea, and biscuits for sixpence a cup. <laughs> and we'll send the money to Israel. Huh. And that was the beginning of me saying, you know what? You don't need a lot of money to make people happy. And we had the most incredible evening. And I didn't realize it was going to be something that would always hit my life. I then continued to do this when I got to Elfin Lodge. And I had my whole cast ready. Twelve children in it. I've got Rosie singing. My Yiddish Mama, I've got <laughs> Jonathan Byrne in it, and Tula, of course, and Dunny have played a big, major role in being right behind me. And I decided this is it. I'm going to allow every one of the children to touch lives mm. and make a difference. We don't have professional dancers in it. We don't have professional singers in it. But we do have children who are committed and connected to Hashem to do their best for all the audiences we're going to do. Wonderful. You know, it, it reminds me of what Aristotle said, that there were six elements to drama. Plot, character, thought, diction, spectacle and song. And it sounds as though that's definitely all in yours because you also believe that drama allows every child to be positive and to believe in themselves and to gain confidence. I have to tell you that my first boss at E.P. Bowman said to me, Marcel, these are children who sometimes come barefooted to school in Mayfair. I want you to make them head boys and head girls of Parktown boys and Parktown girls. That school was zoned. I thought, poor man, he's probably senile. Does he not realize what we've got? Mm. But I started with drama, which was not a very important thing at the moment. And believe it or not, our children went on to Parktown Boys and Parktown <coughs> Girls. 
and they became head boys and head girls. Gosh. So for 65 years, I've devoted my life to teaching, but mainly to my family because I was given a lot of support from my late husband, who was my best friend. My family were right behind me. And often my mother used to say, I'm a little bit worried that she's a workaholic. But workaholic was for me the name of the game. From so, the age of 10. I mean, isn't that amazing, unbelievable. Ros? It, it, it really, it's, but you know, have you ever heard of a human being at this stage and age of life undertaking to do things that demand a lot of pressure, a lot of organization? And if you knew Marcel, Sue, as I do, she's scattered. She seems to be all over the place. And I've never seen anybody get things done like she does. <laughs> and you would never think so, but she does it. She's just somehow or other, she's got some kind of a, a guide that leads her. Hashem. There you go. There you are. <laughs> That's wonderful to hear. I keep Hashem busy every day. I'm not religious, but every day I do my Tehillim. I have lists of Tehillim, people who Tehillim need... Tehillim are the Psalms. Mm. Yes, and, and, and a rabbi once said to me, if you're stuck and you don't know how to answer something, open a psalm and it will give you the exact answer to what you want. And so I keep Hashem very busy. <laughs> I thank him for the people who need help. I thank him for the people I'm thanking who have had help. And every day I talk to Hashem about different people and I love it. I talk to my husband and I say, Dol, I need your help now. We need help for so-and-so and so-and-so. We need a miracle for so-and-so. I cannot tell you how many miracles I've been blessed to witness thanks to Hashem. I cannot thank Hashem enough for my career because at Crawford alone, I've been there 28 years Loving every minute and every principle has actually suffered me, but also <laughs> I've loved them. Who did you say gave, you gave gray hairs? Well, my you? youngest principal now is Ryan Haig and I adore Ryan because okay. I knew him when he was 12 years old running around his father's school, Barry Haig. And this year when we had the long service awards, Ryan stood up, there were 75 teachers, and he said, I'm going to talk about a woman who's given me every gray hair I possess. Well, I'm not sorry about it. I love you, Ryan. And I really, <laughs> yeah. So it was you. Yes. <laughs> I don't mind. I stand up for what I feel is right. I don't think I've always had it easy. I've been in a disciplinary as well, but I have fought through to be just and fair and if I can be just and fair and loving to every single person I know Elfin Lodge has changed my life it's given me a second chance in life I haven't got Danny there and I had two options do I lock myself in a room and say right now I'm just going to get on with my job or do I get out and do something for the community? So the first thing I decided, I'm going to host the breaking of the fast three years ago. I gave them a Simcha Stora lunch. I had this year, 
I had a second night of Seder with 48 guests. Wow. I loved it. I loved it. You see, I don't cook, and I don't know where the kitchen is. I've never known. <laughs> so, and that's the truth. You're a that's woman after my heart. So, I cook quietly. I, I order everything. On a Friday night, four of us. Jen and Ken and Rafael and I have a Shabbat and every week when it's my turn or Jen's turn we invite guests and that has become a highlight in my life I never used to go to shul I never miss Friday night I love it I love Lawrence Margolis singing I love Uh. the music I just feel I'm part I made myself part and possible of a community that I'm so proud to be there. And I started with three friends, and I think I've got probably 103 or maybe 203. Who knows? Who counts? Well, let, I, me, uh, let me tell you this, this quote by Rumi, and because I think it's very much sums up what you're saying. He said, be a lamp, a lifeboat, a ladder. Help someone's soul heal. Walk out of your house like a shepherd. Mm, it's a lovely I love it. I love it. Absolutely. Roz, we're yes. going to go to you now. How did you first meet, meet Marcel? Well, interestingly, my daughter, who's now in her mid 40s, actually was a pupil at Marcel as a drama pupil. Oh. I was a teacher at the time because I also started my whole career as a teacher. And with very similar principles, I also decided to imbue in every classroom drama. So I taught English exactly like Marcel through drama and drama through English. And in fact, I am a frustrated actress who <laughs> desperately, desperately needed the stage. And when that wasn't going to be, guess what? I decided I had the most wonderful captive audience. My class and the stage wasn't raised. It was flat with the rest of the kids. But I had a stage, believe me. And it was the I most wonderful, that. enjoyable way of actually imbuing again. And I love that word because when you imbue, you don't force. Mm. And imbuing the children with a sense of self, a sense of love, of learning, and also of Building in confidence, I, I, I feel that the biggest problem today that we have in society at large is low self-esteem. Mm. Somehow or other, I don't know why it creeps in, and it does creep in for so many different influences and reasons. And if we could have a different love of self, not seeing it as conceit, seeing it as actually the greatest gift because we were given our uniqueness. We are so different to every other human, and that was one of my greatest dignities. Dictates in my life, never ever to clone. I had to be different in everything. The way I dress, everything I do has to be different because what I'm saying is, I am me and I am happy being me and I'm going to show you, you don't have to be somebody else. They all take in anyway. So I want <laughs> to be me and I want everybody else to do that. And just to reiterate that, Sue, you know, I do it with even people who don't even know me well. I happened to be at a function for Shavuot and there was a young boy, probably the age of 11, 12. And I noticed that he was differently dressed to the other kids. And now, you know, teenagers do want to clone. Mm. They need to belong. They need to look like the other kids. Mm. And he was wearing a, ca- a hat and he had a a very different coloring, different style in his way of dress. And I thought, you know, I want to encourage him. I want him to net, 
no way let anybody put him down should they say something. And I said, I just want you to know you don't know me, but I really think you've got the most dashing style. <laughs> what a wonderful way to seek out to be yourself and different. Aww. And he gave me such a smile, and I hope in some way in my little bit he has been influenced by that little bit of light. And I must be honest, in everything that I do, I mean, as Marcel said, she has to work for community as well. So do I. Mm. Because to me, everything about life is purpose. If you don't have meaning as you wake up in the morning, to me, you are half dead. To me, meaning is everything. It's the purpose of life, whatever it may be. You know, even if it's small and you're not, you're not out there and big and in the public eye, you're just living your own little life and taking your dog for a walk to mm. bring him joy and happiness is itself a purpose. I agree with you, Roz. And even step, stopping at robots and even if you don't have any money to give, smile yes. Yes. and greet the person. Yes. You know, show yes. them that they are a fellow human on this journey. But of you life. want to know something that mm -hmm. I actually had an experience where I get very angry. I get so upset sometimes when they come at me, especially when I haven't got enough or I've been giving just one after the other. And I unfortunately wear my heart on my sleeve. And the one day I happened to come across one and I didn't have anything to give and I was really agitated and I get very upset about it. There's a kind of injustice. I hate it. I feel as if flies are picking at the same wound. And I looked at him and I said, you know, I just want you to know something. You know, you're not the only person I give to. And I'm really not a bank. I'm a human being. And there's so much I've got to give. Please try and understand that. Do you wow. know? You do not know how he reacted. How he did said, he react? He said, I couldn't believe it. I understand, ma'am. I understand, ma'am. Oh. And it gave me a smile. And I felt so much better because I told him the truth. It was and you had I felt been heard. I'd been heard, and he had been discussed with as a human being. Mm. And it just made me realize that, yes, there are times. I mean, I've also done things that are a little bit uh, not so they're cagey, whereby I've been so angry, I've said things that I'm going to take an opportunity to say this on air. Listen, you go and ask Zuma for all the money he took away from you. And I shut, and I get very upset. And it, it's just the way I'm feeling at that moment in time, and I let them have it. And, you know, sometimes they actually answer me <laughs> because I'm not just fobbing them off. Mm. I'm talking to them as a human, even an angry human. So there is a lot to be said about interconnecting with human beings and, of course, hugely living with purpose. I think, Sue, really, that's the, the whole reason why I am living a very beautiful, productive life, despite the fact that my darling, darling Dennis is not here with me. Mm. And I can tell you now, he's with me, but he's just not physically with me. And there are times I chat to him, and if I was caught sometimes in the car, and people didn't think about, you know, you have hands free, and they actually heard me, they put me into one of the, the, the institutions, talking to myself. You and Marcel, because she also talks to And I talk to him, and I say, my darling, do you remember when we went past here? Do you remember that? And music sets me off. My God, does music set me off. But, you know, I started this group together with Jesse Kay called New Beginnings. And the reason we did it is because we realized how many people are on their own. And men, women, doesn't matter who, who don't know or don't have the confidence or don't have the wherewithal to go and join a group, be, do things that are stimulating, entertaining, fun. And it's run now for over a year. 
and we have the most wonderful speakers. We have so many wonderful events. In fact, last uh, week we had um, Janice Leibovitz on books, and it was just too wonderful. And everybody arrives. We have a tea. They listen to the speaker. We've had some really wonderful people. And they've also got other activities such as entertaining, going to the theater on the square, going to the symphony orchestra. There's a lot for them to do, and they don't have to stay home and hug the walls. Now, I'm sure, Roz, uh, I know that uh, <clears throat> you've invited me to give a talk there this coming Sunday, and I'm really looking forward to it. We're looking forward to it. Let you. me just say that if anyone would like to contact us, please do so on 34519 or zero six one eight nine five one zero one nine. You're listening to the Finding Human program with Sue Jackson and her guests Roz Basarabi and Marcel Pincus. Um Roz, so you and Jessie Kay have started this. Have you been to it at all, Marcel? No, I haven't. Are you wanting to go? Unfortunately every Sunday we have our rehearsals. And also, what I started seven years ago with Michelle Omsky was a company called CAF, Creative Art Festival. And we built that up into a festival that every child would always get an award. Every child, we would make them. We would never break them. Wonderful. Amazing. Thank you, Craig. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson. Only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson on the Finding Human program. And my guests today are Marcel Pincus and Roz Basarabi. And we are going through quite quickly. I'm just looking at the time. Um, you know, you both have very strong belief systems and you both are definitely coming across as incredibly resilient women. And it reminds me of something that I once uh, read, and I don't even know who said it, but they said at any given moment you have the power um, to say this is not the st- this is not how the story is going to end. So both of you are looking at your story, and you are still creating it. Absolutely. I think so. I think so. You know what? There's no. We don't know when we're going to go, Sue. Mm-hmm. Uh, my husband didn't know. And you realize that every day is precious. And sometimes you actually just wake up in the morning, you thank Hashem for giving you another day. You do all the other things that you have to the ablutions and everything else, but you know that you've got a whole 24 hours. And whatever you may do with it, there will be sleep time, there will be other things, but it's a whole new opportunity. It's a whole new one day. So when we live in uncertain times like we do now, where we've got lots of things to really Rattle ourselves about Load shedding and potholes And all the usual and everything What we can do is sit and literally Focus on it all the time Or we can actually say in between those Ugly spaces Mm. What are we going to do with the good things Because there's always going to be a positive Where there's a negative And one of my biggest mantras in life It really is a huge mantra I invented it I'm sure it's been invented in other ways and said in different ways But I did it in the classroom And that is when anything or anything happened Where a kid came to me and said something With this huge look on the face of being absolutely perplexed I'd say, you know what? You've just got a problem And you know what a problem is? A problem is a solution waiting to happen <laughs> And that's exactly what it is mm-hmm. It is a solution 
waiting to happen. And we don't always see it straight away, unfortunately. But really, if you keep that in mind, and there's another little thing that I just love to really and truthfully leave your listeners with, because I have no doubt you believe the same. I have no doubt Marcel believes the same. There are three things in life maybe you can actually support me in who said it, because it wasn't me who made it up. It is a psychologist that we need in order to live a good, fulfilling life. Only three. And if we put those three things into our daily living, we will have a very enchanting life as best as God has planned for us. And this is these are the three things. One, someone or something to love. So if it's not a person, it could be your dog, your cat, something to love. It could be nature. Exactly. Some, but something that really absorbs you and you embrace because mm. you love it. Two, something to do. There goes purpose. Mm -hmm. No matter what it may be, something to do. And number three, I want to see if you and Marcel could guess it. Think about life. Someone to love or something to love. Something to do. What would be the next thing? Think about your own life. And I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a clue. Holidays. What would you think? Use the word something to preface what you're going to say. Someone to love, something to do, and something is the third. Something to have fun with. Very close. To enjoy exactly what we're doing. I have a similar thing to you about the solution. Okay, but I just want just to Just let her there. finish that. What about attitude? Attitude is something that... Yes, it is. You choose your attitude, as you say, in your actual preamble before you start your show. Yes. We choose our attitudes, definitely. However, I'm very big in believing that attitude you can't suddenly summon up like a genie in a lamp. Attitude is something I wrote that in my first book. You have to work for it. Attitude you build. You can't. Some of us are gifted and we are actually able to have it by natural persona. That's the way God gave us a special gift. Some of us do not and the majority don't. And therefore, there's steps in which you use to build the final attitude. It doesn't just happen. So but what, the is, answer what is, happens when you go on holiday? What is it? It's going to go on holiday. And here I'm going to say it again. So everybody can take this take-home value today. Someone to love, mm -hmm. something, something to, to do, do, and something to look forward to, uh, okay. even if within a day, even mm. if you haven't got a planned holiday, even if you can't afford a holiday, you've got to find within the course of your day something to look forward to. What about the cup of coffee at the coffee shop? Mm. What about the fact you can make lovely scones and you've got to put on lovely jam and cream? The little tiny things, something to look for. What about the stroking of your pet who's going to come running up to you and bounding at you when you actually walk home and he's going, you, you look forward. What about your child? Will you pick him up and hug him? What about your friend that you're going to have a lovely discussion with? If you don't have those three things, you're missing something. So, Marcel, for you, one of the things that you're looking forward to doing is ordering your food and I, not I do, going. I order on a Tuesday, <laughs> right. and I phone Jen, and I say, Jen, are you happy with what we're getting? And we really do have a wonderful Shabbat. But like Ros says, when I get my class, I say, you know what? When you get into your mother's car today, she's going to say, how was school? Forget about it. Why doesn't your mother, why don't you say more? 
I want to tell you three wonderful things that happened today. The teacher smiled. So-and-so shared their lunch with me. I got beautiful marks today. I was so proud. And the three things, exactly what you said, Roz, it just makes the day for the child because they're learning how to use their attitude Positively. Mm. That's what I, I mean. I believe Building. that you can teach yes. attitude. Yes. Not by saying you can't, but saying, my God, this was brilliant. Why don't we go one step further and you could actually try this? I never believed that I would ever meet anybody of importance. And one day I was phoned by the... Uh, Winf- uh, Oprah Winfrey's school Whether I would adjudicate But I would have to train the children The one day And then adjudicate for three days Is that the school on the way down to Berenichen? To Berenichen mm. And when I left my boss said to me You are going to meet Oprah today I said from your lips To God's ears <laughs> I'm sure it's going to happen Of course I didn't really believe it But I was excited And when I finished, as I was doing the workshop with them and teaching them what they needed, a whole lot of people came in and I thought, oh, all the English teachers are here. And then the English teacher came and she said, would you please come and have supper with us? And as we walked, she said, did you see Oprah? I said, where? She was wearing a cardigan. Her hair was in a ponytail. She had glasses. I ran back. I hugged her. (laughs) I said, Oprah, I didn't realize it was you. She said, well, we've just been talking about you and the way you take them for the English. We don't do that in America. And for for three days, she sat next to Danny, my late husband, and watched me adjudicate. She could have just waved goodbye, but she called us both hugged us, and also asked me, Danny had a copy of What If Nobody Comes. Yes. And she took it with her. Oh, did she? So that was like, wow, did it happen? (laughs) Absolutely. You know, you don't, what you don't expect, but you make it happen for your happiness. Mm. Thank you, Craig. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson. Only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson on the Finding Human program. And my guests today are Roz Basarabi and uh, uh, Marcel Pincus. If you want to contact us, please do so on SMS 34519. By the way, last week uh, I got a few messages from from uh, a few of you, a few of the listeners, um, saying that they had sent messages through and hadn't come. You know, just remember that the telegram number is not a WhatsApp number. It's telegram. It's 061-895-1019. You know, what, what was said in that break there, um, what did you do to change the world today? And I think that's something that the two of you both have looked at and looked at your own unique, your unique skills that both of you bring to this world and how you are using them. And this play that you're putting on, what are you hoping to, that your play will actually materialize? I'm, I'm from? hoping one message 
touch a life and make a difference. You can do it. You have a story to tell. And each person with a positive attitude can gain from it. Love yourself first and then love everybody. In fact, we're using the song, If We Only Have Love, because I think with only love, we can conquer the world and we can allow every single person, whether they are in the audience or out of the audience, to be happy with themselves. And then we will be successful in touching a life and making a difference. Wonderful. So your play, What If Nobody Comes?, will be what if everybody comes. <laughs> I'd love it. I'd love it. <laughs> and it's going to be at the square. It's starting this Sunday. This Sunday. Sunday. What time? Six o'clock. And if people want to get hold of you, how do they do they so? They just phone Daphne Ash. and she keeps the seats. We're not asking for money. We have a donation that they can put two rand or three rand, and it's all going to the mini council and junior council for Avril Reback so that somebody is going to gain from the evening and my, we'll be only too happy whoever gets it. My grandson is a mini councillor at oh, the really? moment this from, year. From Mantusu. Which Mantusu, From Ariel. Okay. <laughs> I, I have spoken for 30 years every year for Avril. It's 30 years that I do the communication, oh. and I love every second. Well, he's loving every second also. And, uh, and my, my grandson is also, but he's in the high school level. Oh, yeah, that's the so junior, right. The junior so council. Absolutely loving it. I it's mean, it's wonderful a huge experience. Dedication. It is really. We'll discuss that at another time. I see we're running out. So, Daph, give me Daphne's number. Do you know it by heart, by any chance? No? I do. I'm okay. going to just have to go into my phone. I'm always on the phone. To her. And then, Roz, we yes. also need to uh, give numbers for your um, your pro- project as well, your new beginnings. Yes, please. You just have to contact me on 082-568-6016. Or, if you remember, we do send you WhatsApps. We do advertise in the Jewish Report, so please look on your WhatsApp in your Jewish Report. Okay. Our event will take place, and particularly with you, Sue, this Sunday at the Union of Jewish Woman House, 77 Sandler Road, mm-hmm. which is right in this area, and you will love it. And there's just one thing I wanted to just tell you. We're doing the CAF, which Marcel was talking about, and we're adjudicating. I am one of the adjudicators in June. And last year when we were adjudicating... I decided to use my ethos of sharing with the world the beauty that there is. So what happened was I stood up to adjudicate, and I noticed from the Crawford stage there was this unbelievable sunset. I have never seen colors like that. And in the middle of my own discussion, I did something highly unorthodox (laughs) and shouted at the audience to quickly get up off their chairs and go and look at the sky. And guess what? They all did, and I said, you see, you can't miss one of those moments. Then I continued the adjudication. (laughs) Wonderful. Okay, so you can contact. Roz and Roz, will you also then give out Marcel's number? One hundred percent. Oh eight two 
0567-568-6016 is Roz, and she will give you Marcel's number as well. I'm being told to wrap up. We're going to be listening to the song Yiddish Mama, which Roz oh. is going to be singing next Sunday. This Sunday. The, this, yeah, this coming Sunday on the square. Thank you, Roz, and thank you, Marcel. The time always goes so quickly. Thank you, Sue.